What's up, guys? Adi here from the 512 Show and from Populous. Welcome back to this week. Today, we are talking about the FIBA World Cup. Uh, it's going to be a slightly shorter episode today because, to be honest, there's not a lot to talk about. You know, it's MT Week for sports when you go on ESPN's website and the main headline is a Major League Basketball, Major League Baseball headline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you got it right, yeah. Slow slow week, which is good for us, though. Definitely. We needed that after this week that we've had. So. Yep, school getting back in <laughs> has, oh, man, it's been busy. Goose has been exhausted today. He's, <laughs> he's been yawning. He's been, you know, normally he's so full of energy, but today he's just, yeah. It, it's just gone today. It's a lot, lot going on in this first week, Goose and it has caught up to me this Thursday. Mm-hmm. I got classes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I go on campus every single day. I start at 9.30 or 10. Yep. Every single day. Yeah. Like, damn. It'll do it to you, man. JC's got a class from 6 yeah. to 9 p.m. On Thursdays. During our what was supposed to be our prime recording time. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> hey, I have been trying to get into this class for a year and a half. Hey. So I was like, I got I to gotta take this class. Hey, props class. that you got it. That's all that matters. You got to do what's best for you, JC. Congrats to, on getting had, that class. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> he seems like a chiller, but we'll feel it out. But, I mean, if you guys want to take it away, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, also want to say, starting next week, we should hopefully have video on these podcasts. So you might not be seeing us here anymore. You might be seeing us on your feed on TikTok and or Instagram first. Hearing us, you could say. Hearing us. Hearing us, yeah. Speaking of Instagram and TikTok, thank you guys for the views so far. Absolutely. I saw we had a few pop off. I saw TikTok's been doing decently well, too. The TikTok did well. TikTok's uh, we been just doing gotta, well. We just got to get consistent content up there. You that, know? One, that one video of Goose got almost 2,000 views. Y'all really loved it. That was crazy. Um, yeah, that's yeah, Goose. That We're putting you in more videos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was great for me. That was my last piece of motivation to be like, man, I look good for the camera. I've hit the gym five times this week. Shout out. Been okay. going at it. Shout out the populist people. <laughs> making me go at it. We're also making jerseys, guys. Um, if you saw, we actually posted a poll on our Instagram story asking you guys which jersey was better. Uh, we had a pink jersey and we had a gray jersey. Um, but the main jersey is purple. It's just like pink and gray stripes. And overwhelmingly, people liked the the gray jerseys a lot more. I think I voted for the pink. Really? I think I might have voted for the pink. I'm not sure, yeah. It was it was like 90% people who said gray was better. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Noted. Noted, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of basketball jerseys, the FIBA World Cup, Adi, take us away. Tell us about how does the FIBA World Cup work? Yeah, guys, well, <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all are actually, y'all are, why are y'all laughing at me? I wasn't what laughing. What do you mean? I was just laughing because he said it like, like, like in a like very serious way, but it also was like, oh, it's like <laughs> it like didn't it wasn't condescending, but there was like a tone of it. What? Like a tone of okay. Normally <laughs> I don't. Away. Normally I'm not leading. <laughs> normally I'm not leading like the sports stuff. That's why they're laughing at me. Uh, let's take a shot at this. It's just no. practice, right? Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, FIBA World Cup. I woke up this morning. I searched up, you know, what's happening in the NBA. So I'd have some talking points about the podcast. And I see this thing called the FIBA World Cup. And I'm like, what the hell is the FIBA World Cup? So (laughs) the FIBA World Cup, it is the International Federation of Basketball or something along those lines. But every four years, they hold a worldwide basketball competition. Surprise, surprise. People outside the United States play basketball, too. Um, this year, it's happening in Indonesia, in Okinawa, Japan, and the final will be held in the Philippines. Surprisingly, the main game or the main team in this game is the United States. We've had five victories. 
believe the other team was Slovenia or Yugoslavia, also with five victories. Um, what's most interesting about this is a lot of the people, a lot of the players from the NBA are actually also in this game. Um, most notably, we have Luka Doncic playing with Slovenia, and he's arguably one of the best NBA players out there, so he's giving the Slovenian team this year a huge advantage. Yeah, Luka, Luka always plays really well in international play, um, kind of puts the team on his back, and he definitely gets up for some of these international games more than he gets up for some NBA <laughs> games. Like, if you're playing the Charlotte Hornets on a Tuesday, uh, you're not going to get up for that game. But Luka, he, he gets up for every single international game. He puts on a show. It is must-see television. If you have any chance to watch Slovenia, I would absolutely watch Slovenia in the FIBA World Cup. And also, I think, you know, it's funny because you say, like, you know, like, super shockingly NBA players do play in this. But I think you can make the argument that the top three players in the NBA are all international players. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that are always me playing in the World Cup, which is honestly evident when you look at the men's World Cup roster. When you look at the roster, it is a lot of NBA role players, but there's also a good mix of the young guys, which is kind of exciting because, as we all know, you know, Team U.S., the team that always wins gold, probably not going to be around for too much longer the days of Kevin Durant and James Harden and LeBron being on that team. So this is kind of paving the way for that new generation. If there's a couple guys that I'm excited to watch, it's going to be obviously Paolo Boncaro, you know, mm-hmm. was he the number one pick, right? Yeah, he, yeah, was, he was the number one pick. Yeah, the number one pick had an incredible season, probably due to be an all-star this year. Obviously, you got to watch Anthony Edwards. Uh, soon to be, we'll watch him play this year for the I-35 series, the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets' Mikhail Bridges. Absolute dog. Of course, I'm also excited to see Tyrese Halburn, who just got that NBA extension this summer. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess I'm going to give some love to Austin Reeves, too. Yeah. I mean, it could be, I mean, it's a fun lineup. It's it, not a crazy, like, talented lineup NBA-wise, but it's, no, fun. It's, it's fun. It is fun. And, like, Austin Reeves, uh, Bobby Portis is on this team, Cam Johnson, like, a lot of NBA role players. But when you look at the coaching staff, I think the makeup of this team makes a lot of sense. you got Steve Kerr, Eric Spolstra, Tyron Liu, I think the three best coaches in the NBA, minus Greg Popovich. And then you have Mark, there you go. <laughs> Mark Few. <laughs> Um, who obviously coaches at Gonzaga, who's had tremendous amounts of success there. And when you look at the makeup of this team, like Walker Kessler is a great rim protector, right? Steve Kerr, big defensive coach. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a great rim protector. Then you have Mikhail Bridges, who can play defense on anyone in the league. He's kind of the closest guy we've seen to Kawhi Leonard since Kawhi was in his prime in terms of his defense, in my opinion. Um, at the small forward position. And then Anthony Edwards has really taken a lot of pride in his defense over the course of the FIBA, um, what were they called, the the games that they were playing before the actual FIBA World Cup yeah, started, yeah, the, the consolation games. That's yeah, the one. something yeah, like something that. Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those guys have been a lot of fun to watch play. And, yeah, the team doesn't have, like, stars all over the roster, but the makeup is really solid. I think you have a lot of guys that know how to buy into a role, and the coaching staff is absolutely going to have them ready to go. You know, I didn't even think about that coming from a coaching perspective, but that does make a lot of sense when you say it. You got your big men, your rim protectors. You got your Bam Adebayo in the role of Jaron Jackson. And you have a lot of off-ball shooters, which we know Steve Kerr loves to do. But I'm not seeing, you know, is it just going to be, is Tyrese going to be the primary ball handler for this team? Is that going to be the plan? Or Um, what are they thinking? I'm thinking it's going to be Jalen Brunson will be the primary ball handler. Okay, Tyrese will be the secondary ball handler. But at any point in time, Tyrese can be the primary ball handler because he's such a good playmaker. And the 
contrast and the style between Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson is going to be really fun to watch. Tyrese is much more of a perimeter-oriented player, whereas Jalen Brunson is going to use his strength, push the ball downhill, and really try and get into the paint and work you in the triple threat below the free throw line. So I think, yeah, those guys are going to be the primary ball handlers, but two contrasting styles, you can really throw teams off with yeah. uh, the difference You mentioned, there. you know, like using strength, you know, and all of that. I want to know one of the biggest things about the FIBA World Cup is how the rules are different from the NBA. Mm. It is a lot more aggressive than the NBA, physically aggressive. And even the coach, I think Steve Kerr gave an interview, I think the Yahoo News today, uh, just talking about how they played a number of reserve games um, in like Spain, the UAE or somewhere before actually going over to Southeast Asia for this. Because these NBA players who are in the U.S., you know, they're used to the more conservative rules of the NBA. They actually need time and they need to play a number of games under FIBA rules just to get used to that. And if this game is, you know, if FIBA is a lot more aggressive, a lot of NBA coaches in the U.S. will probably watch it closely just to see which NBA players or NBA um, prospects could potentially navigate those that really aggressive play. Because it gives them some insight into like, okay, how would this player play in an NBA game, right? If you're super aggressive here, chances are you can do better in a normal NBA game just by showing some of that energy. Yeah, I remember a couple years back when it was like Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and that squad. Uh, mm. They they struggled pretty heavily in the FIBA international play just because yeah. of the physicality, because of the contrasting styles. The three-point line is not as far out. Um, there There aren't... A ton of teams shooting a volume number of threes. It's a lot more uh, kind of a college-style pace to the game. Um, so, it, yeah, it's really interesting to see the contrasting styles between FIBA international play and the NBA. I think you can make the argument that like international ball is always going to be more competitive because in the NBA we do put our good graces and we do make sure that we can protect guys like Damian Lillard, like Jason Tatum, like LeBron James. Those are guys that are going to get the foul calls, and it's not because they're playing necessarily you know as hard or as aggressive. They're still playing just as hard and just as aggressive, but the NBA is known for a lot of, I mean, I'm going to say like petty calls and a lot of like, I'm just going to give you this, and it's really not necessary. And I do remember what you were saying, because that was back when I think Popovich was just getting ready to take over the team. In those couple of games, they did struggle here and there for a little bit. But I think that that shouldn't be a concern here, because what you're looking at is a roster full of, como se dice, dogs, dude. I think <laughs> Anthony Edwards has already solidified himself as one of the most aggressive players in basketball. Boncaro has a, is a 6'10", 250. He can just go ahead and drive it down the paint and just yam it down anyone's throat. Brandon Ingram is known to be aggressive, and Jaron Jackson is known to be aggressive. I think that they do have the talent that he can make. Also, as well, Austin Reeves isn't afraid to go toe-to-toe with any of the NBA's elite. So I don't think that's going to be a huge deal. I think the only reason that this USA team can run into problems is obviously just going to be chemistry, not working, having a lot of playing time together. Uh, do we? I don't know if any of these guys came up like any double A AA or triple A ball together, right? Um, you? Oh, I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't remember anything in particular. I mean, Jalen Brunson, either, yeah. Mikhail, obviously they played together in college. Josh Hart was a part of that squad as well, so they have some chemistry there. Right. right. Um, you know, Cam Johnson's played with Mikhail for a while, so like you can look at some of those things. But overall, I don't really remember any of these guys playing select ball on squads together growing up yeah uh question for y'all 
So obviously, you know, the U.S. per usual is always the overwhelming favorite to come out of an international competition. But one team that we're kind of overlooking that could give them not a run for their money, but could give them some actual aggressive competition is, of course, the Canadian roster. Now, Jamal Murray did decide to sit out due to just wanting to recover from the NBA Finals. He wanted to give himself some rest before the season got going. But uh, the team is solidified as of this morning. And Kelly Olenek obviously will be captaining. Uh, you know, he won't be playing that much. We've all seen Kelly Olenek play recently, so not too worried about that one. But they do have some notable stars that will be out there. R.J. Barrett will be playing. Dylan Brooks, the controversial NBA player. Lugens Dort, and Dwight Powell, Nikhail Alexander-Walker. And, of course, the big one is Shea uh, Gilgis Alexander will be headlining this Canadian roster. And, and one thing to look at, especially in FIBA play, is these guys elevate their game. Like, Patty Mills, when he goes and plays for the Aussies. in the Olympics, <laughs> becomes Steph Curry. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what you see in these FIBA games is, like, guys that ne- don't necessarily have the opportunity to be the guy for their NBA team do have the opportunity to be the guy for their international team. And yeah. that's really cool to watch. Definitely. Um, like you said, Kelly Olynyk may not be getting a ton of playing time, but don't be surprised if Kelly Olynyk goes out there, straps eight threes, and drops 30 points in a game. Puts up 10 boards. It, it could yeah. happen, 100%. I mean, yeah. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen in these international games because guys get opportunities that they just don't, don't normally get. Would you guys rather have an NBA Finals ring or an Olympic gold medal? Ooh, that's a really good Olympic question. gold medal, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Like, I, I think you have to take some context into account. Like, if I'm playing for the U.S. squad and it's the dream team and they go win the gold, like, okay, yeah, nobody's really stopping the dream team from winning gold medal. Right. But, like, a gold medal in general compared to an NBA ring, oh, I take the gold medal. Okay. I take the ring. I think I might take the ring, too. Okay. That's yeah, because it's, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like there's so many Olympic sports, and, like, you know, thousands of people compete at the Olympics every year. A lot of them walk away with gold medals. Um, whereas I feel like the NBA is just more hype, you know? <laughs> if you get what I mean. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's more memorable, you know? It is more memorable, but I maybe just, international maybe. is just so much more respected. That's the yeah. problem. That's my issue with me saying a ring, too. Maybe international so respected, yeah. Maybe the NBA is more memorable to us because we're Americans and we kind of dominate the Olympics. But like, yeah. if you're looking at, you know, when Manu Ginobili went and led that Argentinian team, I mean that that gold medal carries an insane amount of weight just because of who he beat, how yeah. they did it. Yeah. Like that gold medal is more valuable than some championship rings, 100%. I mean, he's up there with Messi in terms of Argentinian sports legends. Yeah. It is Emmanuel Gimonibli and Lionel Messi for what they've done. That is true. I mean, but that's, like, been the last... Ever since Manu, that was the last case of any European team beating the U.S., though. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of issue at yeah. hand. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of gold medals, a little fun fact, a little tidbit to get everyone going... Currently at UT Austin, we have 27 Olympic medals and 11 gold from last year's Olympics. Wow, really? From UT wow. students. From Tokyo. Yeah, UT huh. students and alum. So that, That's insane. I actually, yeah. That's a good fact. I did not know that. That's Camp, really cool. Camp Texas, man. Camp Texas. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like we, they said, the schedule gets underway tomorrow. Uh, good luck tuning in. Games start at 3 a.m. Uh, and they'll run till about 
8.30 a.m., so you do have a chance to see Spain tomorrow or Spain on Saturday. The U.S. plays at 7.40 on Saturday, too, against New Zealand. U.S. has got it, right? Yeah. yeah. Do, you all think, I mean, do you all think the U.S. can win the entire championship? We I think seven absolutely. last time. I think they will win. Um, I, I really do feel like this team is hungry. They have a leader in Anthony Edwards that really wants to showcase his talent on the international stage. I really do think the U.S. is going to win. They're also just blessed with a very easy group standing, too. Yep. In their group, they're only play- they're playing against Greece, Jordan, and New Zealand. And Giannis isn't playing for Greece. so They're pretty blessed. Are any of the Antetokounmpo's playing? Antetokounmpo <sighs> brothers? I, I, don't, I don't have enough knowledge on the Greece team, but no I worries. do know that Giannis is not playing. Yeah, not going to be worried about that. Oh, it looks like the Nassus is playing. Okay. Yeah, the Nassus yeah. is playing, and then... I see one other NBA player. Who? Uh, I think he played for a while. There. What's his name? Course, oh, uh, Giorgio Papianis. He played in the NBA for a little while. Did, yeah, he did. That's right. Wow. 7-3, man. What a monster. I know, Wait, right? This is, <laughs> this is the part of the show, guys. We're just going on our computers looking at the crease. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man>. Wow. <laughs> okay, he played on the Kings and the... The Trailblazers. Yeah, That's he's, it. he's young too. He's only twenty six. He didn't. He didn't do too much in his time in the league. I don't even know. Is he even on a roster anymore? I don't think. so. I don't think so. It I doesn't look so. like he's played a game since um, twenty eighteen. Yeah, Jeez. that would make sense. Yeah. Well, not too worried about the U.S. Obviously, they've been dealt a very good hand, and uh, you know, Steve Kerr. Uh, this is one of his first big events going on ever since he became yeah. the new U.S. coach, too, as well. So a lot of proving ground for Steve Kerr to be made, too, as he is a successor to Greg Popovich. And we'll see how it gets done. But I think I – okay, before we jump in, I have one last note about this. Did you guys see what Anthony Edwards said? It was like this morning or last night. Uh, I'm going to read you this because I saw it on Twitter. It was so funny. Um, oh, about coming off the bench? Yeah. 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 Where's the quote? Oh, my I, God. I know exactly what he said. He uh, said. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. Steve Kerr asked Anthony Edwards to come off the bench, and he goes, I mean, of course I wasn't cool with it. If that's what it takes, I mean, I'm willing to do it, but nah, I'm never cool with that. He said Dwayne Wade came off the bench when Kobe played. I was like, all right, <laughs> we don't have a Kobe, but all right. He's <laughs> like, not wrong. He's they not don't wrong have at a Kobe. All. And they, I mean, Anthony Edwards is a top three player on this team. Oh, he's the best player on this team, in yeah. my opinion. The best. I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I agree with that statement, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with that. I think maybe, maybe you could make the argument for Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe. Not really, though, because what can he really do? Jaron Jackson, besides just being able to get, like, lobs, that's about all he's got in him. He didn't deserve Defensive Player of the Year. You don't think so? Definitely not. I think he's a dog, but I think he's limited in his capabilities. Yeah. I think he should have gone to a guard. Yeah. Well, if the U.S. has this game, I guess, more or less taken, um, we'll see how interesting FIBA turns out to be. It's not going to be that interesting. It's not. I, I hope it is. Because, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm, I actually read through the history of the FIBA games. There was one game that struck out to me. 1986, the finals in Spain, the U.S. played the Soviet Union. And the score was 87 U.S., 85 Soviet Union. Hmm. So that, you know, I'll try and see if I can find a recording of it, but I'm sure that game was 
really awesome to watch. Do you want that to was like that was reacts? way back when the United States did not send NBA. That's players. when they were sending college players. They yeah. were sending college players over. Yeah, because yeah, they didn't start sending NBA players to what like ninety two until the Dream Team ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. Right. Hopefully something unpredictable happens and we see, you know, some really good competition. I'd be down for an upset. You know, the U.S. women's team already blew the World Cup, so I'd be cool with seeing the men's team blow something for basketball. <laughs> It'd be refreshing to see us take a little heat, a little hit for our American egos. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with it, yeah. Um, other news, we're going to transition over to just a really quick two-minute thing. We're back. We're so back, guys. From now until the second week of February, there will be football every single weekend. We finally have made it through the dog days of summer, to quote Florence Pugh and the Machines or whatever they're called. We finally made it through all that just... Florence Pugh I don't know the what machine. they're called. Florence and the Machines. That's it, dude. I don't do pop culture. We've been over this. I didn't know what the Drake album was. I haven't listened to Utopia, so we're not going to talk about any of this. Okay, Drake album. Quick shout out to Oh, Texas. my God. Okay, look. Drake's releasing a new album tomorrow. We'll cover it next week on next week's episode. But I just want to give a shout out to Texas Longhorns. They <laughs> they ripped off uh, Drake's kids drawing that he used for his album cover. They drew like a little Longhorn. I don't know. It's up on their Instagram. Someone's got to make that into a shirt. Uh, yeah, I agree. If, if no one else does it, it's going to be us. All, <laughs> all my West Campus Market people, all my Orange Market people, West Campus, Orange Market now sells T-shirts. And it's just a cowboy sitting on the OU, the state of Oklahoma. Nice. And it says 49-0, still shitting on OU. We nice. have a merch like, budget. I'd spend that $22. <laughs> yeah. Have a merch budget. I say we trademark it before Texas gets to it. <laughs> and we print that out and start selling it immediately. They might have already done that. Damn, they're good. <laughs> but yeah, college football, it's finally back. Obviously, you know, nothing really matters. It is week zero. Uh, you know, throwing it back to week zero last year when Casey Thompson in Nebraska traveled to Ireland. This year, it will be Notre Dame traveling to Ireland in a classic college football game versus Navy. Now, Justin has a little bit to say about that one, too. I know he brought that one up as Notre Dame comes in 13 in the nation this season. Yeah, Notre Dame comes in at 13, and last year was a disappointing season for them. They got off to a really slow start, struggled heavily early on in the season, then kind of picked it up towards the end. Um, last year, when they played Navy, they only won by three points. There was 35 to 32. Um, Navy did not have a very good season last year. They fired their coach following the end of the season. They are under new. Uh, they are under a new head coach. So that'll be a fun one to watch, in my opinion, just to see how does Notre Dame come out. Right. This is a team ranked heavily. They're a right. big brand. They're going to Ireland to play this game. Is jet lag going to play a factor? These college kids going to take the game seriously in a foreign country? You know, it's just going to be. Some storylines to pay attention to for that one, undoubtedly. And then Navy, how do they turn around their program, right? Does Navy come out looking like they're going to be a solid team uh, for the upcoming season? Do they, you know, make heavy improvements from last year where they really struggled for the first time in a little while? So I think I think Notre Dame's probably going to steamroll them. I won't lie. I don't think it's going to be all that close. But would be fun if it was close just because we have college football again, and it's great. We have a little something. And, hey, don't give up on the triple option, guys. <laughs> Navy can still do something. There's what? I think there's like five teams left in college football that still run the triple option. Yeah. Navy still does it not as much as they used to, but it's still a thing. Don't give up on it. It could work out. But I think that, you know, Navy-Notre Dame – 
I'm not going to obviously compare it to what is the greatest game of all time. It's no Texas OU, but it is that game where no matter what the season is happening and what's been going on with either program, both teams play at the same level. They get up for that It doesn't matter what your record is. You're Mm -hmm. going in with the exact same record as far as each team is concerned. So that's how I feel about that one. Notre Dame is currently 21-point favorites. However, the line for over-under is 50. So with that being said... All you're saying is 30 to 20. That's still not favored. You're saying it's going to be a 30 to 10 game. I don't think Navy's going to go in there and score less than 20 points. And I don't think, I think that Notre Dame will score more than 30. So I am going to say that Notre Dame will not cover the spread, but it will be over. I will take the over for this game. Okay. I'll start, I'm going to start doing my college football predictions now. That's fair. We've got it going. I'm going to go ahead and say take Navy plus 20.5 and then go ahead and take the over. That's how I'm feeling about that game. I like those picks. Yeah. The Check other game next week. I'm wearing my wizard hat next week. Why don't we start wearing a wizard hat? Let's, let's get you a wizard hat. I'm gonna start wearing my wizard Fire. hat. Yeah, you have one, or do we need to order one from Amazon? I think we might need to order one. All right, yeah. I'll get on Amazon and I'll do it. I've got very few. I've got a sailor hat. I don't think nice. if that works as well. But uh, maybe for a live show. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next game we need to talk about. Uh, it's gonna be a wash. San Jose at USC. Yeah, Heisman winner Caleb Williams. This game is literally going to be such a blowout that they could only get on the Pac-12. Yep, they couldn't even get on ESPN two. Not even going to be in prime time. You <laughs> nope. got the Heisman winner, the number six team in the country, the first week of football mm-hmm. for months, mm-hmm. and you don't get that on national TV. It's Come honestly, on, what are it's we doing? honestly disappointing. It's an embarrassment. It is embarrassing, and it just further proves how much the Pac-12 has given up. Yep. And how far college football has gone. That one, easy wash. Caleb Williams going to have a field day. I'm going to take USC covering the spread by 30. And I'm going to take the over at 65. I think I'll take the under, but I do think USC covers the spread. You'll take the under for that one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What are we feeling, Adi? For what? (laughs) Sorry. I kind of zoned out. The the spread for San Jose at uh, USC. Spread. So it's uh, USC's favored by 30, or USA's fa- USC is favored to win by 30, and total points scored is predicted to be over 64.5. Who did you say you were leaning towards? I mean, I said USC would cover the spread, but I thought that it would be under the total projected points. Right. Hmm. I'm going to, whatever JC says, I'm going with that. I'll oh, bet God. money on it right <laughs> now. Oh, God. Because JC's, like, <laughs> JC's right like 90% at a time. I'm a wizard when it comes to college football. All right. We're going to have to write down these predictions no, and come we, back next we will. week. I'm going to start tracking. What's what we're going to do is we're going to no, track no, we'll, we'll, create a, we'll create a JC tracker. Like, it just tracks all of JC's, like, calls. My friends have that when we go to 6th Street. Nice. Yeah, JC tracker. Nice. Yeah, they, just, oh, they have to keep up with you? Yeah, they just make sure they, they, just make sure they can find me. They're like, God, where'd he go? <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Uh, last thing for college football, we're not even talking about the other games. They're probably all going to be washes. And yeah. also, you know, I'm not trying to be rude, but a lot, a lot of these games are outside of the Power Five as well, too. Mm-hmm. So there's just not a lot going on. I don't pay attention to Group of Five and other schools until bowl season. I'm going to be totally honest. I'm going to be real. That's the same with me. After the women lost in the World Cup, I stopped watching it. Yep. I saw the final with the Spain game, but that was really about it. Um, throwing it back to one more thing. I don't know if any of you saw this, but the commissioner of the Big 12, I always forget how to pronounce his name. Oh, my God. Brent something. Uh, he was speaking yesterday at a Big 12 press conference and, like, lunch and type beat. He said that on November 24th, he will be in Austin, Texas for Texas versus Texas Tech. 
and he basically made it very clear he wants Tech to run UT out of the Big 12, and he wants them to embarrass Texas. Is he a Texas Tech alum? I think he's just a jackass. Wait, let's look him up. Let's look him up. <laughs> Brett, your mom. I want someone to name. read this quote directly because it was wild. Big, okay, the, the Kansas City Star, ESPN, said take care of business. Yeah, take care of business. And, yeah, I mean. He's not even from Texas Tech. He went to Indiana University. That's crazy. Okay, so. He's just so upset that he's losing his biggest profiter. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all it that's, is. That is jealousy. wild. I, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the quote, I just assumed that he was a Texas Tech alum. This makes it exponentially worse that he said that because it makes it so abundantly clear that Oklahoma and Texas are not only going to have to beat all of their opponents, they're going to have to beat all their opponents in the Big 12 handily enough mm-hmm. to where refs can't influence the game. That's what's going to have to happen. Because, like... I, I hate conspiracies and I hate blaming games on refs, but if your commissioner of a league is already saying that he is rooting for a team to win, that's that's insane. That yes. is absurd. And this it, is arguably, guys, in, in my opinion, yeah, go for it. I just sent him a connect request on LinkedIn. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to send him rude emails, yeah. <laughs> this has been arguably, though, like that elevates the tech game, in my opinion, to... I had already considered it to be a top four most important game for us next season. I think it's top two now. I I think that this Tech game, yeah, I'm saying top two. So what's the first? Okay. Bama or OU? OU. Because at the end of the day, as long as Texas doesn't get blown out, when we go into Alabama and we will be giving out our predictions next week for the season, but we'll, so we won't talk about it right now, but when we go into Bama next to Tuscaloosa in primetime, we're only six teams have ever beat Nick Saban. And we will probably, probably, I'm not going to give my prediction yet, but we could probably lose maybe by 10 points. That's not going to be what eliminates us from the Big 12 championship. And that's not going to be what eliminates us from the college football playoff contention. What's going to eliminate us is losing the Red River game and losing Texas Tech. Because as far as Texas Tech is concerned, they want to be the ones to knock us out. And they know they're not competing for a Big 12 championship this year, but they want to make sure they can keep Big Brother out of the last championship. And it's like you said, the Big 12 officials this season, I'm making this a declarative statement, the Big 12 officials will do whatever they can to keep Oklahoma and Texas out of Arlington this December. See, what's funny about this is this is going to be the only possible thing that can unite OU fans and Texas fans. Everyone's in on this. All Texas OU fans are, yeah. Because you go to Twitter and it's like anything about Texas and OU, those two fan bases are just butting heads all the time. But then, yeah, for for this one scenario, everyone's like, "We stand together." Absolutely, we do. I mean, I'm with I'm with OU on this one because you know what, is, guys, it's just this. complete crap that because these two teams have made up the Big 12's profits over 50 percent of the Big 12's profits for the last like decade, and that's just I understand you're upset, but that's no way to treat people who have people don't realize that what the money we make helps other programs. Our brand is the reason other schools sell out games. And you can hate us. We love that you hate us. But you're the commissioner of the Big 12. Have some respect for yourself and have some respect for the teams in your program. And the product that you're trying to put on for one final year. Embrace it. Yeah. Embrace it. I mean, uh, Dallas is embracing it. They're going to hang up a big old banner for like the last ever Big 12 OU Red River. Mm -hmm. Like Dallas is embracing it. Embrace change. It's a new decade of college football. It's a new era of college football. But – 
you don't have to put down other teams in the process. Absolutely. We, yeah. we need to bring on some more U fans onto the show the week of Red River. Absolutely. Can, yeah, we can work that. That'd we can find some. Let's yeah. do it. It's not like they're in school, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was rude. Every college education is valuable, and I respect the city of Oklahoma and all they do. And that's not the true. The city of Oklahoma? Anyway. Anyway, I'm an RTF major. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Geography, uh, math, and pop culture, not JC's strong suit. We've been all in birds. Hey, JC, what's 9 plus 10? 19. I can do mental math, dude. I'm actually <laughs> super solid when it comes to mental math. Okay, what's 37 times 54? Okay, okay, we have gotten okay. far off topic. Also, I would not have been able to get that. I would have had to pull out a pen. <laughs> no yeah. chance. Uh, I think we've basically hit everything that we need to. I'm glad that we were able to get some other headlines. Uh, just a couple of last minute things as we fire off. Messi, incredible assist last night in the 97th minute to beat FC Cincinnati and send Miami into their cup final. Uh, he's just torn with people at this point, I feel yeah. like. Messi's just having too much fun in the MLS. Good for him. He deserves it. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Shohei Otani. Tore his UCL. Tore his UCL. Done pitching for the year. However, he did say that he intends to remain in the hitting lineup. Yes, which will be interesting to see. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't think it can cause more damage. I don't know much about UCL injuries, so if his doctors are saying he can still hit, he can still hit. I just, if I'm Shohei at this point, and, you know, Justin made a very good point before the show starts, this is probably the last time that he and Mike Trout will share a field together. I'm not, I'm not thinking about, you know, um, I'm not really thinking about still hitting anymore and trying to still get home runs. And I'm trying to recover and rehab so I don't lose any value in free agency. I would agree. That's where I would be at personally. But, 100%. Yeah. That hit, hits pretty much everything. Yeah, I think we got it to... all. Adi? All right. Well, y'all want to sign off first? Sure. Yeah. Uh, sorry for coming in late. You know, uh, <laughs> the bus took a while today. Uh, once again, uh, we will have news coming up this week, too, about regarding the 40-yard line. Uh, so we'll have some pretty exciting news to share with you guys next week with that that we're all pretty excited about. Uh, but I am JC, co-host of the 40-Yard Line podcast. We cover all things Texas sports and Texas athletics, and we are your go-to guys when it comes to recruiting as well. And I will turn it over to Justin Gooseman from Goose Talk Soups. I'm Goose. Uh, run the Goose Talks Hoops TikTok, and I am the co-sports director at Texas Student Television. Hey. Uh, you know, we, hey. had to, we, had to, hey. we had to plug that a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, really excited for a great semester. Going to be continuing to push out content, and it's been really enjoyable to get going on the 512 so far, and can't wait for Texas football to start. Audi? Yeah, guys, well, thank you all for tuning in today. It's been a bit of a slow week. We did our best to give you guys a fun and enjoyable episode. If you're still listening to this point, hats off to you. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> be ready to, um, or please, download the Populous app on the App Store. Um, we're the number one, I'm just going to say this, we are the best fantasy sports app out there, and if you're not using it, you are missing out. JC and Goose, regular users, power users, they have a lot of fun. See if you can beat any of us trading NBA players. Spoiler alert, you can't. You probably can beat me. I've made a really a lot of bad trades. <laughs> I've made a lot of bad shorts lately. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. going to have a super cool update coming out soon, probably by the end of September for Populist. Sick. So encourage you to check it out now. Start making your team and everything. Uh, and, yeah, check out Goose on TikTok, Goose Talks, and be sure to check out the 40-yard line also on Spotify. Um, aside from that, have a great day. All Signing right. off. You'll take it easy.